Do current market conditions have you nervous? Our experienced team of financial professionals at Heritage Harbor Financial Associates understands that no two investors are alike. We all have different goals, needs, and appetites for risk. That's why the one-size-fits-all approach does not work, especially when planning for retirement. At Heritage Harbor Financial Associates, we analyze your unique investment style so that you can work toward your individual retirement goals on your terms. Heritage Harbor Financial Associates can help you take steps to reach your retirement goals by providing a wide array of financial products to fit your needs, even for the risk adverse. Give us a call at 631-331-6599 to learn more or to set up an appointment with one of our financial professionals. You can also find us on the web at hhfa.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhfa.org. Our number again is 631-331-6599. That's 631-331-6599. Investments in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds and variable annuities are not FDIC insured and are subject to fluctuation in value market risk, including loss of principal heritage Harbor Financial Associates offer securities through AXA Advisors, LLC, New York, New York, member FINRA, SIPC, annuity and insurance products offered through AXA Network, LLC. Be fearless at MMA Long Island and Seituha Karate. Located at 28 Cold Court in Ronkonkoma, MMA Long Island is the martial arts school for you if you want to learn combat-proven techniques. Build confidence, discipline, and self-esteem while learning real martial arts to fight back against bullies, predators, and peer pressure. MMA Long Island offers group and private lessons for all ages and levels in traditional goji-ru karate, MMA, and self-defense. MMA Long Island is one of Long Island's most affordable martial arts schools. There are no promotion, belt, or membership fees, and family discounts are available. All classes are taught by 7th degree black belt Sensei John Benedict with over 30 years teaching experience. So whether you want to get in the ring or protect yourself and your family, MMA Long Island can help you reach your goals. Visit MMALongIsland.com. That's MMALongIsland.com or call or text 516-381-9660. That's 516-381-9660. Edward Lehman has been a trusted insurance advisor for over 16 years with insurance solutions for auto, home, commercial, life, and retirement. He's located at 54 Sunnyside Boulevard, Suite H in Plainview. That's just 1,000 feet south of 495. Local agent, local advice. The time to think about insurance is before you need it. So do yourself a favor and before you pay your next insurance bill, give Ed and his team a call. 516-935-3900 or visit him online at www.allstate.com forward slash EL. Edward H. Lehman Insurance is your trusted insurance advisor. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Contest the bottom line. The Stone Cold Simpson. Everybody dies. Because I'm better than you and you know it. Woo! Welcome to Off the Mat with, with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the only wrestling talk show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Off the Mat. My name's Alex Lowe's. I am in, in Florida, starting to get a little cooler down here, and I'm with Lyle Gillen, who is in Long Island, New York. How are you doing, Lyle? I am doing wonderful, Alex. Thank you. 
Yeah, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We got AEW full gear. We got the main event for New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 16. So, so much, a lot, so much stuff to get into with so little time. We got a lot, we got a great show for you guys tonight. But before we get started, here's how you can download the WWSRN app, how you can follow me and Lyle on Twitter, and how you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter and off the mat on Twitter. First, here's how you download the app. It is free. You can get it on Apple Podcasts. You can get it in Google Play. And you, you type in WWSRN in your mobile device, in your in your store device, and you download the app. And as soon as you open the app, you'll get access to our show schedules, show recordings, any episode you may have missed, including interviews, show bios, articles, and so much more. So uh, please be sure to check that out. As well as here's how you follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter at WWSRN underscore radio. It is at WWSRN underscore radio. Same for the Facebook title. How you find the WWSRN Facebook and Twitter is at WWSRN. How you can find the Worldwide Sports Radio Network website is type in www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You can also search the Off The Mat website, which is in our Twitter bio for the podcast at Off The Mat WWSRN. That is our Twitter page. You click on the link, it'll take you to the website where you get access to show pay-per-view and schedule for the months of November through December into the new year. Then we have a show archive, which you can get all the replays to all the episodes on Off The Mat. We have a special guest interview page, which you can check out. That includes all the special guests that we've had on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and on Off The Mat. And then we have an events page. Uh, those That is a new page I added. I'm go- actually going to be doing some stuff heading into Wrestle Kingdom. I'm probably going to be doing a live stream, but I'll let you guys know. You can check my Twitter for all the information on that. We'll just jump right into <laughs> AEW, uh, the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. And while I got to tell you, that this pay-per-view, I got to say, it had to have beaten... Uh, AEW Revolution this year. It had to have beaten Fighter Fest. I mean, the AEW World Championship match. Uh, it was the longest match on this card. And to me, they knocked it out of the park with this match. I mean, Hangman's intro at the beginning gave me such good, strong vibes, a strong feeling that Hangman was going to win this match. I think we all knew when he came through the curtain and you can just see the expression on his face, how he was rescinding with the crowd, how he was interacting with the crowd. You could tell that Hangman was fired up, that he was ready to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it was a, uh, a great match. I think it was – it's even more impressive when you realize how badly Kenny was hurt coming into it. Um, he wasn't able to lift heavy objects because of his shoulder. Now, he's had his shoulder injury for a while. It's been a long yeah, time. I believe it started in New Japan, uh, if I remember correctly, towards the end. Um, I remember hearing it happened in the Tanahashi match. I'm not sure if that's accurate mm. or not. 
so don't quote me. But he has been injured for a while, multiple things. He earned the time to take off, not just mm-hmm. to heal, just time off in general. Absolutely. I mean, Kenny Omega was just car- carrying the company on his shoulders all the way through 2021. So I, I do believe that time off is deserved for him. And what I thought was really cool, and I noticed this after Hangman pinned Kenny Omega, he was uh, after the match was over and uh, he had won the title, his, he dipped down his head and he was talking to Kenny and Kenny was saying like, well deserved brother, congratulations. And he was saying like, thank you so much, brother. Uh, this means a lot to me. So thank you for passing the championship on to me. And uh, I'm going to make everybody proud in this company. So that was really cool to see. You were, you were able to read his lips that well? Yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> and it's, it's cool to see that type of interaction too, because it, 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 it happens a lot in wrestling sometimes, not as often as it used to, but back in the nineties, it did happen a lot. Yeah. It, I think it still happens a lot. It's just and the cool thing about this match. Camera. Yeah. And the cool thing about this to me is how this feud started. Uh, right when AEW started as a company, Hangman and Kenny were a tag team. They came across from New Japan. They've known each other when they were in New Japan with the Bullet Club, and then they had that split. The whole storyline really started even before that. On oh, really? Um, you know where the reference came from when the Young Bucks came out, right? Yeah. What was the reference? I believe the reference was... I think they were uh, inciting that uh, uh, Hangman and uh, the Bucks were friends for a long time. No, okay, so on BTE, this was before All Out um, 2019, their first show, uh, second show, I'm sorry. Um, when he was facing Jericho, he asked the Bucks to be in in, in his corner, just mm-hmm. like uh, just like the. Um, the Young Bucks were in Kenny's corner forever. Mm-hmm. And they told him no. That's what, what this was about. They came out there and they were in his corner as he won. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what the nod was. when uh, Matter- they, were, they, they were in his corner and mm-hmm. that's what everything was about. And um, that's what that was. It was. It's really been something that they've been building. And I, I don't like it that they did, did this, to be honest. I wish... That they bled more of what was going on from BTE to AEW TV because I think it made everything so much better. If you did watch BTE, if you didn't, it was still very good, but it wasn't this good. You didn't really see what was actually still going on with the rivalry. No, you didn't. And if they showed it more often or mentioned it, I think it would have elevated it even more. Absolutely, I agree. I feel like if they had shown more of clips from BTE and carried that footage over onto AEW television, it would have expanded the story more. It would have had more in-depth regarding to this feud. Yes. And then the other matches that I liked besides the world title was the... uh, It was the... Not the Jurassic Express one, but the Miro versus Brian Danielson. That was the f- most physical encounter of the whole night. I mean, especially when you saw Daniel uh, Brian Danielson 
hit the DDT off Miro from the top turnbuckle, and then plant him again with a second DDT, which basically knocked Miro completely out. Like, Miro was not conscious after the second DDT. There was no way that he was going to get up from that. I think that that's how we all expected that match to be. It was great from beginning to finish. And actually, now that he's on AEW TV, I would love Ishii to face Danielson while he's here. That, that would, would be an amazing match. I think that would be a great idea. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and I think their styles would clash really, really well. And I think it would be phenomenal to watch. I, Absolutely. I, I, Ishii deserves it, too. Mm-hmm. Ishii's pretty good with submissions, too. He has an equal amount of submission holes as Brian Danielson. Yes, he does. And I, I've seen I've seen so much of it from Brian Danielson. He's even used it a little bit when he was with WWE, but not as much. But when he came into AEW, that's when he started using the submissions more and the hard-hitting tactics more it's because he had the freedom to do that. It's a different style. Um, yeah. It's there. It's pretty much dumbed down in WWE, the in-ring style. And where everywhere else in the world, it's, it's not like that because their target audience is the adult. Where WWE they're tar- targeting everybody, but mm-hmm. the match quality and what you're watching is made for the adult. It's more of a physical aspect. It's uh, just just a different way of going about professional wrestling. Absolutely, and and Miro Miro is inciting Brian Danielson. I liked when he was just egging Brian Danielson on, trying to get him to deliver harder, more quicker strikes. Because Mero is like some Mero is somebody who likes competition. That's what he's there for. He's trying to be the best of the best in, in uh, his division for AEW, and really just uh, go out there and put on a good show. And he absolutely did that. And uh, I can't wait to see who Brian Danielson is going to face. But now we know who he's going to face. It's going to be Hangman. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm very interested to see how Brian Danielson does against Hangman. Um, I wonder when they're going to do that match. Hopefully in a month, maybe a month or two, would you guess? I think they're going to save it for the first show on TBS. So the first show on TBS is when January do 5th. January 5th. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I think that would be a perfect time to do it. I uh, have that uh, eight, uh, have Hangman have his first uh, AEW World Title defense. Yeah, and then the the next match was that I enjoyed. Well, they're going to want to have they're going to want to have that show be a pay per view quality show. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're definitely going to have that match on there, and it's going to be hyped up big time. And yeah, it is the uh, next month and a half, and I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, it really is. I think that would be the right decision, the right move in regards to Brian Danielson and uh, Hangman facing each other off for the title. Uh, but next we have the MJF versus Darby Allen match. Now, this match, I would probably give a rough 6.1 out of 10. I think that's fair because... Wait, what did you say? A rough 6.10. I just feel so like... What match? Real... Yeah. For which match? For MJF versus Darby Allen. No, 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 you're wrong. No, no, that's the best. That was the best match of the night. Like that is like the consensus between everybody who watched Full Gear. That was the best match of that entire show. 
It was Hangman and the MGF Derby match. And one was MGF Derby. And then two was uh, Omega Hangman. Like, hey, you can have your preferences all you want, but no, the consensus between from everybody, like, it's your opinion. You can like however you want. Mm-hmm. The consensus is that it was the MJF and Darby match. That was a phenomenal match. It was great. They they did a great job from start to finish. The one thing I really liked from this match was how. Uh, MJF was going like hit me. He brought in a skateboard and he's like hit me with the skateboard. Damn it, hit me in the head. And he refused to do it. Like he gave the he he was gonna go for the swing and then he gave it to the referee and the referee. And that's when he pulled out the diamond ring and hit him and did the head the headlock takeover or uh, whatever the hell it was called and and uh... got the pin. Yeah, that that was cool to see because that's just how he said he would. Mm Hmm. And it's gonna it's gonna add more fire to the storyline, like fire with fire, because Darby's probably gonna end up uh, confronting MJF again somewhere down the line, and this feud's gonna get more even personal. So I do really think that MJF using the dynamite ring was a great way for the match to end. How do you feel that they have utilized the dynamite uh, ring? Are you do you like how how they've used it for in like that way or how do you feel about I it? I like how they've used it that way as like kind of like a a foreign object in the ring with the referee's back turned it's like to the breast knuckles. Mm-hmm. I I think I think it's great. Um, it's not overdone. No, it, it's it, not. Uh, yeah, so it, they do it a good enough amount of times. I I've enjoyed it. Uh, Lyle, what would you give this pay per view? In uh, out of uh, stars, how many stars would you give this pay per view? Um, maybe four and a half. Um, I would say it was um double or nothing, and all out were better, but they were both five star shows. Yeah, this was not that it wasn't a five star show. Mm -hmm. Um. It just had a couple matches in it that weren't the greatest in the middle. Um, the te- Cody and uh, and then Cody the uh, Inner Circle versus uh, American Top Team. And I'm the, just not uh, a yeah. I just didn't yeah. care about that one at all. I I was done with American Top Team a long time ago. Um, but overall, I thought the show was really really good. Um, I I I, I loved it, but yeah. The only match I I could have seen them changing up a bit and making it a bit longer was Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. That match definitely deserved to be longer. I don't know why it was so short. What was the official runtime on it? Uh, I'm not sure what the runtime was, but if to me, if I could guess, it probably felt like 15, 14 minutes. Um, let's look it up. Because uh, uh, CM Punk... Uh, and Eddie, they didn't really start off that strong, but they did they did hit some really hard strikes. It was mostly just striking in, in the rain. There wasn't really much to it. No, that's and, exactly what it was, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, it I, wasn't I any that. like crazy dives, flips, or or uh, uh, submissions. We didn't see any of that. I had no problem with that. Um, it was just a really physical 
fight and but it did I, take a lot out of both of them they were really fatigued i could i could tell it went 11 minutes that match yeah it definitely should have been the longer shortest match of the evening that match should have been like at least like 10 more 10 minutes longer from 11 minutes Because if if they want to let CM Punk uh, get off his ring rust and really show the full potential that he has that was gone that was stowed away for seven years, they would have to give him more TV time, and I feel like they didn't do it there. I have no problem with it. Um, I don't think Kingston is a guy that can go twenty five minutes, twenty minutes in a match. I think ten to fifteen. And a really strong, good 10 to 15. It's not like he just barely gets through it. No, he's going to have a good 10 to 15 is kind of what he he, he should be doing. Um, I, I think the match was fine. I, I enjoyed it. Then, and then one of the matches that I did watch, but I kind of took a little bit of a break from was... Christian Cage and Jurassic Express against the Super Click, uh, Adam Cole and uh, the Young Bucks. The one thing I thought that was really well captured and well done in this match is when they put the uh, thumbtack knee pads on. Uh, that was like a cool like uh, uh, way to put something new into the match, especially something that's that physical and that deadly. Um. I, yeah, they've done a great job of taking tacks and putting them on something and putting it into their matches. I've enjoyed what they have done with that. Um, Best way for me to really compare it is some tacks have become the Young Bucks. Trademark, really. Um, Part of their gimmick. Yeah, sure. That's that's a good way to put it. Just as good as I was going to say it. And I, the 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 most interesting part of the match is when they were all fighting up on the entranceway, and then Adam Cole went to the top like of the support beam, mm-hmm. like the the little support yeah. team support beam of the stage, and he did like a tried to do the Panama Sunrise off that. I think he did land it once or twice from there, but and then like it, it just the brawl ensued pretty much from there from there on on the stage, and that was a lot of fun to see really I thought the match was very underrated um I enjoyed it but um I it didn't have as much meaning to me but I still enjoyed it I don't know it's it kind of like a, in a weird place I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like it was kind of a little bit forced onto the card but yeah it did kind of I, feel forced but I um I, I enjoyed it I thought it was a good ma- good match yeah, so AEW Full Gear, to me, if I could rate it, I would probably give it, like, uh, four out of five stars. Because I don't see it, be- I don't see it beating uh, any of the other uh, high-quality paper- pay-per-views this year for AEW. But it does, cl- it does come that close, and it does have significance because of how they had Hangman portray himself in the title match. And how it ended when the uh, when the Dark Order came out to celebrate with Hangman. I thought that was very good. I thought that um, everything they've been doing with the Dark Order and Hangman is great. Um, I know you, ha- as we are do- doing this right now, you have not watched 
um, dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. But there is more I want to talk about, and I keep wanting to say it. And then I'm like, no, he hasn't watched Dynamite yet. I can't say it. No, I'm pro- so, I'm gonna watch it immediately after this. So next, we're gonna go in right into the main event for Wrestle Kingdom 16, which has been announced, and it is going to be Okada against Shingo Takagi. The winner of this match will face uh, Will Ospreay in night two of Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm really looking forward to how Okada and Shingo perform in this match because this match is not going to be faint-hearted. It's going to be very physical. These two guys know each other very well. I mean, uh, Shingo he won the he won the G1 tournament this year, I believe, or was it was it Okada that won it? Okada won. Yeah, so Okada won the G1, and uh, I really believe Okada deserves to win this match at night one because he's the face of the company. And if you really think about it, New Japan hasn't had a great year. A lot of their stars have either had COVID or they've been injured. And then early on in the year, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the events that they had scheduled were postponed or canceled. So it just really hasn't been a great year for them. And I feel like having Okada win that match will definitely, definitely put New Japan back on track with the fans. Um, yes, but we can't forget about night two, which is Osprey versus the Osprey winner of that and match. Okada. Well, it's Osprey versus the winner of that match. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Because I think that the future goal for the long term was to make Osprey a major star, and he got injured mm-hmm. really before he could get to that point. Um, so they would they need a new foreign face since Kenny Omega left. They haven't really had that. Yeah. Um, I I kind of think they want to put it on Osprey. Mm-hmm. But Okada Osprey is the bigger match on night two. Mm-hmm. So it's from the whole storyline. It's a um, better storyline that's been going around for a long time. And I think that would be the no-brainer for them to do. But I know Gato doesn't like that belt changing hands multiple times. No. That weekend. He said that after after um uh, the first time they did two nights. And then they did, did the same thing last year, where Ibushi won in night one and then defended mm-hmm. in night two. So, I if they want to have Osprey run with it and get that belt back and be the guy again, then Chingo is probably probably going to win night one. Now, if they want to go, hey, we, we've had a rough year. If they want to go with the safe route mm-hmm. and go Okada. He'll win night one and, and defend night two. Mm-hmm. I will be very, very, very shocked if Okada wins and then Osprey wins the next night. I don't think they do that. That's not a New Japan style. That's not something that I, I think it's something they will ever really do for the reasons that I, I, I mentioned. Um, But yeah, Okada needs to get the belt back and run with it. I, yeah, he I really say, does. I've been saying that for a while on here. Uh, he's the man over there, and 
I think Shingo is the better wrestler belt to bell, but he's not doesn't have the popularity and doesn't bring in the eyes that Okada does. And that's what's key. Especially yeah, that how, is what's key. Especially with how difficult it is over there in Japan right now with uh, COVID. Yeah, I agree. Because Okada's been all around the world. He's been over here in, to the U.S. a couple times, maybe. Uh, more than that. Here in uh, San Jose. And I feel like having Okada beat Shingo would probably be a un, 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 unanticipated route. But if they have Shingo, if they might do a swerve where they make you try to think that Okada is going to win. And then they have uh, uh, Shingo win night one and then Okada win night two against uh, Os- Osprey. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, wait, you said to have Okada win night two? Yes. Okay, I thought you said Osprey win night two. No. no. Yeah. That's what, um, I don't know. It's very hard to predict New Japan. Um, yeah, it really is. Because they, they, they I, can... I think they're gonna go Shingo and then Osprey. Yeah, I really do as well. Because it's hard well, to anticipate anything with New I Japan because they, they can said, change um, at any time. I said Okada. Yeah. Okay. They can change I, anything I, at any time, really. Yeah. <laughs> I said Shingo wins that one. Osprey wins that too. Yep, and I agree with you a hundred percent. I I really do think that it it will go that route. And it. How do you think the attendance will be for Wrestle Kingdom this year? Do you think they'll get enough uh, people in for the show for both nights? Because I know there's sure local. I'm not sure what local restrictions are for COVID over there in Japan. Hmm. I don't think they're doing. But I know there's. They are doing uh, another. They're having night two at a different arena this year. That's the different thing from last year. No, I think it's night three is at a different arena. Oh, night three? Okay. I thought it was night two. Um, Now we're going to get into the former WWE NXT star, uh, Bronson Reed, now named Jonah, who made his debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he was actually just recently added to the card for Nemesis for New Japan Strong in Los Angeles. And that that, uh, event will be on Thursday, December 9th. So, uh, Lyle, what did you think about... uh, Bronson Reed coming over from New Japan because I was spot on with this uh, this prediction. I told you probably about a week or two ago that I that I thought that uh, um, Jonah Bronson Reed would go over to New Japan. You said he would go to Impact first, but he 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 honest honestly I, I, I think, huh? You don't remember? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, you said like he was gonna go. You said he was gonna go over to Impact, but uh, I I remember saying to you, uh, I remember saying to you on point that he was gonna go to Japan, and he did. And I feel like Japan needs bigger guys. They need uh, uh, mountain mount. They need more mountain men, more built uh, athletes, and because a lot of the guys that they had that they did have over there, like um. Ishii, I think Ishii, yeah, Ishii's over with uh, Strong, I believe, right now. I think so. Yeah, I believe he is over with New Japan Strong and a few different promotions. But uh, seeing Bronson Reed come over and make his presence felt with Japan was awesome. Because when he came, 
when he came out to the ring and he hit Juice Robinson with a senton, then sat on him again with a leg drop, like two leg drops, I believe. And then um, David Finley tried to come out and save uh, Juice, but eventually got cut off from Jonah. And Jonah said that uh, the, the gloves are off, the chains are off. Jonah is here. This is my time. And uh, I am the top dog in New Japan now. So I really like how he came out there and really made a statement to the whole New Japan locker room. He's definitely not the top dog. I don't think. No, I wouldn't say he's the top dog in New Japan. That's more like Okada. Well, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I hear that. I'm like, really? Yeah. I am very interested to see how he does in his first match at this pay-per-view, the Nemesis event for New Japan Strong. Uh, I think he, I'm not sure who he will face. Um, I'm hoping that they will announce the card eventually as we get, uh, as we get closer towards the pay-per-view date. And uh, now we're going to jump into a survivor series and a while. So I already know who team raw and SmackDown is. I believe Team Raw is Seth Rollins. Then there's Bobby Lashley. Um, I think a few other people that are on there, including... um, Who else did they have on there? Hold on. I'm going to get it. Uh, Survivor Series 2021 card. Just bear with me a moment. Yeah, here it is. So, Survivor Series is uh, for their card. Team Raw is... It will be Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, uh, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley against Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, and uh, one to be announced for SmackDown. So to me, I feel like for Team Card, not the first one. They've changed it like four times already. What? How? How? Why? They announced it on Twitter, and then they just like kept changing the card around. I don't know why they do that. Just well, changing the the, the five man tag matches around, like. But I do. If I had to pick one of the, one uh one team, I would see. I would say Team Raw is gonna win because they have a more built Survivor Series team than SmackDown does. I would agree. I don't know. WWE does weird shit. Uh, I, I yeah, they really do. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I like a few years ago, I had like a competition on who was superior, like when it was NXT and uh, Raw SmackDown. I don't know if they're gonna do it like a score again, which they've no. done a few times actually, but like if they're doing a score again, yeah, but it, they could just swerve us, they could have Jeff Hardy come out as Will of the Wisp, that would be really cool. They, they could just really have cool. it like. They could have uh, his normal theme song play for like five seconds and then have this, this whole arena go dark, have the screens go dark, and then have Willow's theme start playing, and then he walks out. The theme that he used, was that one of his band's songs? I believe so. So, so I do think he has the right to that song. But would WWE allow it? Uh, they would have to skim through it and make sure it's totally uh, PG. They want it to be their version. Yeah, they'll probably just make it their uh, version. It, it's a, they'll probably 
give it, make them a whole new song. They want to have it be stamp of W on it. They don't want it, someone to get over it because the mainstream song can go somewhere else. That's why they don't want that. Yeah. So, I don't know if they would do that. It's something that's something that he could openly just use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why they didn't use Beethoven Symphony. I think that's what Hardy used for Broken Matt Hardy when he was in um, WWE. We'll just have to wait and see what they do with that. But there is another match on the card that we haven't mentioned, and that is the champion versus champion match. The WWE champion Big E will be taking on the universal champion Roman Reigns, who is now at a tie with CM Punk's WWE title reign, 434 days. So tomorrow he could pass CM Punk's all-time title reign. I hope somebody comes out and beats him for title out of nowhere. You're hoping someone comes out and beats up Big E? No, Roman. Oh, Roman. You're hoping Ro- he uh Ro- he comes out and beats up Roman. Oh, yeah. Somebody. I hope somebody comes out and takes that belt off him. Just so then that reign is completely done. Absolutely. Yeah, it would be a great... That would be cool. I think they might do that. They've done it a couple times with uh, the Bloodline uh, and uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso. So I do feel like they're going to come out towards the end and attack Big E. And then Roman's going to join in on the fray, and they're going to beat down on Big E. So, I want to ask you a uh, very, very important question. Now, we're going to... What other matches are still left for here? Uh, I think we have the Champion versus Champion Women's match, right? And the Intercontinental. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, after we do that, I want to ask you a question. So, why don't you bring us into doing them? Save my big question for last. Okay. So, the... We have, for the Raw Tag Team Championship match, we have RK Bro against the SmackDown Tag Team Tag Team Champions, the Usos. So I feel that the Usos are going to win this match, and here's why: they they are more aggressive than they have been in the last couple years. We're seeing a much darker side to the Usos because of how Roman Reigns has been uh, backing his cousins and how he's been a a big influence on his cousins, which is making them go down that same path that Roman Reigns is on right now. And I think that they are going to be uh, very indestructible in this match. They're basically going to just lay the smackdown on the, on uh, RK bro, Randy Orton and uh, Riddle. But I feel like halfway through the match, maybe Randy Orton has some dissension with, Riddle, because I saw, was it last week or the week before, that uh, uh, Randy Orton was uh, trying to get Riddle to to listen to him, and uh, he wouldn't listen to him. So I feel like that Randy Orton is going to do something in this matchup that's going to cause Team Raw to lose. That's a uh, very good observation, Alex. I think you hit the nail on the head with him turning on him. Um, I don't think, though, that the Usos will lose. They're too over right no, now. No, they're not going to. And they're they're on too much of a, have too much too much momentum. Um, I think mm-hmm. having RK Bro beat them would be a terrible mistake. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I I just I feel like ha- having the Usos win would put a major shift in WWE storyline, and it would help the Usos and the Bloodline in regards to where they are right now in WWE. I don't know if it would help the bloodline. Not really. 
arrival of the bloodline. Um, mm-hmm. It's it would be more of a uh, it would more just help the Usos, not really the bloodline in general. Yeah, I just feel I I feel like the Usos it would make them look stronger, like you're saying, just not with the bloodline behind them because uh, I feel like. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman are kind of off on their own, like a little bit, as in regards to storytelling. I don't know if I agree with that. They're, they're still doing it. Maybe similar to how the Elite did it, where they're together, but they have their own kind of rivalries going. Where yeah, that's what you Kenny mean. Kenny Omega had his rivalry with Hangman, just like how currently Roman is having his own rivalry with uh, Big Biggie and New Day. Um, then you have a. Uh, then going going after with RK Bro, you have them doing their mm-hmm. own things, and I think mm-hmm. that's a good. That's how factions should be. Um, Until Randy Orton decides he wants to turn on Riddle, I think that's the correct way to book to book that faction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then the other match we have is Shinsuke Nakamura against United States Champion Damian Priest. Now, recently, I saw where Damian Priest had a match against uh, Mace or T-Bar, one of them, and uh, he was getting so like lit up with the kendo stick, and something something changed in that matchup, where Damian Priest, his whole demeanor changed, like something awoke inside of him, and then you just see Damian Priest unloading on uh, T-Bar or Mace, and then taking them down for the pin and he won that match in regards to how his whole demeanor changed. So I think in this match, we're going to see a much uh, more physical, much more darker Damian priest against Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, I would say Nakamura wins because I think he's definitely the better floor, but I think Damian will win because of, I don't know. I feel like Nakamura doesn't have a lot going for him right now. It's a shame he's, too. Cause he has, spot. I don't uh, know. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. He hasn't had much TV time, and this is only his only first title defense on live television with the Intercontinental title. Yep. And I'm like, why? Like, you're basically... Well, it's not really a title defense. Yeah, it's not really, but I feel like the Intercontinental Championship uh, represents a whole lot more than just being wasted. It used to, but over the years, it's kind of got faded to nothing. Um, and I think if you compare it to New Japan and AEW, they treat their second tier belts as just as good as the first belt. Mm-hmm. They treat them very well. Um, I like that. I think that's how it should be. It gives every champion prestige. I don't like how they booked the Intercontinental title for a long time now. Yeah, it's just it's. It's kind of just embarrassing to me. But uh, I believe uh, WWE, uh, I was going to mention this towards the end of the show, but I'll throw it in now. Johnny Gargano's WWE contract is supposed to expire December 3rd. So it's, it's very, very close to being expired uh, less than a week until his contract is up with WWE NXT. So then where does he go after that? Where do you think he goes, Lyle? Definitely not Ring of Honor. <laughs> Definitely not going there. 
Um, I have no idea. I, I want to say AEW, but I just don't know. I feel like I don't think that's going to happen. No, I feel like he might go to Impact or New Japan. I like to see him in New Japan. I don't know about Impact. Yeah, New Japan would probably be a better choice for Gargano. Impact already has some top names like Moose, who is the uh, currently the Impact World Champion. They got Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. They got David Finley. So I really don't think Gargano needs to go to Impact. So I feel like New Japan would be the uh, smart choice. I agree. Um, that's true. I, I think he has a lot of options right now where he can go anywhere and mm-hmm. do very, very, very well. Yeah, he would. And then they also, this website also reported where I'm reading this from is that Kevin Owens' contract would be expiring in January of next year with WWE. Yes, I have heard that. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. I want him to come back. I want him to come back to being Kevin Steen that we knew and loved a while ago. Um, I want him to leave WWE, but I don't know. I don't know. I, part of me thinks he will, part of me thinks he won't. Good thing we are all kept guessing. After the Adam Cole thing, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible with how how these wrestlers, uh, in regards to contracts, where they want to go, if they want to resign. I honestly don't think Kevin Owens would resign with WWE because, honestly, they haven't done a very good job with his storylines how they've presented him on TV. And I feel like uh, Kevin Owens, when he goes out there, it feels like to me that he, he you can even see it on his face on TV when he's on the microphone that he's just lost. Like, there's nothing there. I think that's intentional right now, trying to get like that. that is, he does kind of have that gimmick that he might be leaving soon, which is why I don't know what he's doing, which is what makes me think he could stay. And then the women's match for... The Survivor Series pay-per-view. Team Raw for the woman is Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella. Oh, no, I meant the the women's championship match. Oh, the women's championship. So the women's championship match is for Team Raw, uh, Becky Lynch against uh, Charlotte Flair. So I honestly think this match could be a disaster, really. Because of just no, how I, everything I is, because of all the cons- the uh, controversy surrounding it, yeah. Yeah, two professionals. Uh, best way for them to work it out is by putting them into the match together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll it'll go fine. I think maybe it's a little bit overblown. I think they'll be fine. I don't think it'll turn into a shoot. They've done it before. They, they've had Edge and Hardy wrestle together after the mm-hmm. Lita stuff, and that was fine. I think this one will be fine. Yeah, uh, if I had to pick who wins this match, I'm going to say Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is, prob- is definitely probably going to win. I think Charlotte. So you say Charlotte. Uh, yeah. I could I, I could see it somewhere happening so, close and close, neck and neck. I feel like Charlotte Flair is somebody who's really good at uh, submissions, ring awareness. And I'll, I'll give you an example. When she had that match a couple of years ago, I forget who it was against. I might have been Ember Moon. No, it was Sasha Banks. She like uh, took her arm and leg and wrapped it around a guardrail 
and pinned her against the guardrail. Damn. Pretty, yeah, pretty, that's a good move. And she made her submit right on the on the stairwell. I was like, "What?" It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Wow. So I do feel like Charlotte Flair could do something like that in this matchup against uh, Becky Lynch. It could be that close in regards to uh, how very talented both of these women are. And now we're now we'll get into the finishing move. So my finishing move is uh, I was looking at Instagram and I saw The Rock's uh, post about his Survivor Series debut, which was like 25 years ago, I think 95 or 96. And I remember The Rock uploaded a video where he reacted to his debut. He said the moment that Jake the Snake Roberts got beat, he felt an immediate shift with the crowd towards him. And then one of two things either happen. People can go, this guy's going to get his butt kicked, or this guy's going to get his butt kicked, but we love him and he, we want him to kick butt too. So I do think that uh, that was a cool Survivor Series moment, and I think it would be even better to have The Rock Maybe next, I'm not saying this year, but definitely next year, show up at Survivor Series. Funny you brought that up because The Rock was my finishing move. I think he's going to show up this year at Survivor Series. You really do? 100%. Teasing him this entire month. Well, the yeah, they really have. It's yeah, the shows up, and somebody made a, made a good point on who could win the Royal Rumble. I forget who it was. It was The Rock. Shows up here, shows up at the Rumble, wins the Rumble, faces Roman at WrestleMania. Yeah, in Dallas, that would be sick. That would be an amazing main event. I feel like a lot of people would buy tickets just to see that main event. They would, 100%. I, I think that would be a uh, phenomenal main event. Um, most people think, well, Josh... Things are gonna hold off on it until uh, LA, but I, I don't think so. I think if you have the Rock available now, you take him. Mm-hmm. If the Rock's available now, you you definitely you definitely pull out all the stops. You make it the best WrestleMania you possibly can. Eh, I don't know about that. WrestleMania twenty nine, he was on the card, and that one was not a great WrestleMania. Yeah, that was a bad one. I think to me the probably the best WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania fourteen. It's been a long time since I watched that one. Yeah, it's like, time. yeah, it's a very long time since because I think that one featured Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels in the main event. I no, believe I it did. Was... It no, might have been fifteen. Was... It might have been the one after. Um, I think it was 15. No, I think that was 16. Um, and then 15, I think, was Brett and Austin. Let me look this up because now... WrestleMania 14. But I I think while you're looking that up, the, the, one, the only live WrestleMania I've ever been to was WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. And I went to that one with my friend... Uh, my friend from high school, we went to that no, show. No, I think I think you're correct. I think you're correct. I think 14, I am okay. 
14 was yeah 14 was with uh with Tyson and then 13 was with Brett and uh Brett and Stone Cold Brett yep. and um yeah I knew yeah. it was that order the, the order of Brett and Stone Cold and then Michael Stone Cold and then Stone Cold Rock Mhm I knew that the, that they happened in that order I just um to me, so those are the best WrestleManias. Like anything past that, or even years 17 past, is that. probably the best pay per view ever. Yeah. Anything after that is probably not that close. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, that's uh. That's going to do it for Off the Mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. But before you, before we go, again, here's how you can uh, follow us on Twitter, how you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, how you can follow Off the Mat, and how you can follow me and Lyle on Twitter. You can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter and Facebook at WWSRN underscore radio. And you can follow Off The Mat on Twitter and Facebook at Off The Mat WWSRN. You can follow me and Lyle on Twitter. My Twitter is at ShowSlows. Lyle's, Lyle's Twitter is at Lyle Gillen. And please be sure to download the WWSRN app. It is absolutely free. You get access to show articles, uh, show blogs, bios, uh, replays of any episodes you may have missed and special guest interviews, clips, and so much more. Also, please check out the Off The Mat WWSRN website. The link is in our Twitter description under Off The Mat, under at Off The Mat WWSRN. You click on that link, it'll take you to the Off The Mat website where we have a show and pay-per-view schedule that is running through November into the new year. Then we have a show archive of all the episodes that we have done for off the mat on the worldwide sports radio network. Then we have a, we have a show, uh, a special guest interview archive page where you can check out all the interviews that we have done on off the mat An event page. We have a contact contact page. If you want to contact us through our Gmails directly and so much more. So please be sure to check out all the available content on Off The Mat, and for the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in. And uh, what, uh, Kenny Omega, what do you have to say? Take it away. I must bid you adieu. So say with me now if you know it. Goodbye. And good night. Thank you for listening to Off The Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.